Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And summer is here. We're rolling right through it. It means it's time for the late summer blockbuster movies. So, of course, that means we've got Nikki Novak from Fandango back to tell us what's up at the box office this summer and fall. What we should definitely see, what she would wait to see on Netflix or on TV, and what we should skip altogether. I got some big opinions on that. She got the inside info on Spider-Man Far From Home, Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker, or the Joker, uh, The Rock's upcoming movie Hobbs and Shaw, which is a spinoff of the Fast and Furious franchise. Dave Bautista's Stuber, which Big Dave told us about when he was on Talk is Jericho a few weeks ago. Give that episode a listen if you haven't, because Dave also talks a lot about Marvel and the Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Nikki's also got some great stories from the set of Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which was Luke Perry's last role before his passing earlier this year. And some trivia about Sylvester Stallone and Rambo, Last Blood, and Terminator, Dark Fate, which is both the return of Arnold Schwarzenegger and Linda Hamilton. That's huge. What a great duo there. You'll find out what Tarantino may be doing next as his possible last film and a project that Sophie Turner, Sansa from Game of Thrones might be considering as well. So here we go. Nikki Novak's summer and fall blockbuster movie preview starting now on Talk is Jericho. So we moved up in the world. We're in a professional studio now, Nikki. I, I'm so far away from you. I know. That I feel like, like we need our Canadian passports <laughs> to visit. It's like one of those movies where you're on one end of the table and I'm on the other. Like Pass a rich, the salt. Yeah. Like, hello, <laughs> hello, madame. Uh, but we're at Westwood One Studios and we're, we're doing another installment of our world famous, critically acclaimed movie premiere, a movie preview. Which I love that we're doing it in the summer because we normally do it during the holidays. That's right. And then I think I just said to you, we, it's enough already. Let's just do a summer slash summer it's slash kind of a fall, fall one. right? Yeah. yeah. So we have now our 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 um, time frame is beginning of July to end of October. Yeah, because we like to be unconventional. Because everybody do. else does summer movie season, fall right. movie season. So June, July, we're August would be summer. We're just messing with you, right. basically. We just happen to both be in town at the same <laughs> yeah, time that's and decide what that's going to be. So this is the only, and we're going to call that the late summer. Early, early fall, fall movie preview. But technically, summer movie season has now changed because they keep moving. As you know, with Endgame, they move movies up further and further and further because they're starting to realize that the summer movie season gets so crowded that if right. you get a jump on it, like it started with, I think, Beauty and the Beast a couple years ago. I think they released in March or April. And then all of a sudden it did so well. It did like record numbers that now they're stretching it out. And now... August is typically a bit of a dumping ground mm -hmm. for movies, but it's not necessarily the case anymore. But now they're going to September, October, as you'll see, because there's a one one of my three most anticipated movies of the year is releasing in September. Which, like you said, that used to be kind of like releasing a movie in February, where yeah. it's just kind of, like you said, like a dumping ground. Yeah, but now it's like so packed. Oh. And it used to be that movies would open against each other. And the studios don't really do that anymore, if you notice. There's mm -hmm. always one really big movie but you never see like two big movies opening against each other where they used to like to compete and they sort of spread it out now, which I think is better. Because it's still all about the elusive opening weekend, right? That yes. Well, that's the thing. And it used to be, and this is the funny thing is we're all talking right now about whether Endgame is going to surpass Avatar as the highest grossing worldwide mm. movie of all time. And people are saying, well, you know, Avatar was in the theater for like six months. And it's like, what? There was, wow. you know, movies were in the theater for, because that's the thing. People never raced opening weekend to see stuff. They had more longevity. Now it's like, if you don't crush opening weekend, you're, you're pretty you're, much done. You're done. You're it's done. funny because I remember when I was a kid, like Star Wars, 
I went and saw it in the theater when I was like six or something. Did I, it scar you? Because it scarred me the Star first Wars time. Scarred I saw, you? Yes. How did it scar you? The the one when he loses the arm. Oh, that's like, Empire Strikes Back. It's Empire Strikes yeah. Back, <laughs> yeah. not the. But it's scary. It, that's the first one I ever saw, and my uncle just showed it to me, and it and it was terrifying. The second one before you see the first one. Well, I think yeah, he didn't care. Oh, he was right. just he was just watching it uh-huh. like at home, and he was like showed it to me, and it just completely messed me up. It's a depressing sequel. That's the uh, the template for, you know, if you're going to tell a three-picture story. Yeah. The second one is all the good guys are down at the end. Yeah. You yeah. know, so whenever, like, even if we're doing a wrestling show, like a, like a, a Raw, and it's one of the, it's a Raw where everybody's, you know, all the good guys lose, you say, well, this is the Empire Strikes Back episode. Oh, really? Still oh, use I didn't it know to this that. Day. Yeah. I love learning stuff about Because you have to have that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But so I'm, which character are you? I'm Darth Vader, of, <laughs> of course. course. <laughs> but Darth Vader turns into a good guy sometimes too, right? At well, the, yes, yeah. in your in your Spo- story. Spoiler alert. <laughs> well, my point was you would see this in the newspaper and be like, Star Wars, 32nd big week. Like it would stay in the theaters for six, seven, yeah. eight months. Yeah. Now, granted, you couldn't watch it anywhere else once it was out of the theater because there was right. no exactly. you know, DVDs or whatever. Well, yeah, then. and now be- they go to DVD so fast, which is why if you don't hit opening weekend, if you really don't hit opening weekend, if people don't have a buzz to go see it opening weekend, then Generally, people say, well, I'm just going to wait and see it at home. Mm. That's sort of the mentality now because there's so much to stream. Right. But, um, you know, it kind of, I always actually think it kind of works hand in hand because people were for a while were like, oh, streaming is going to kill the box office. And we had record numbers last year. It just, I think people just want to consume more and more content, no matter how they're consuming it. Because we're in a binge culture. We're in mm-hmm. a culture where we'll sit down and watch something. Like if you're going to watch seven seasons of Game of Thrones or whatever, you can go see a movie. I don't, I think people had that mentality that it was going to affect the box office and it, it has in a good way. Well, I remember when, even when, when VCR started coming out, I remember I asked my dad, like, you think this is going to affect movies? Right, right. And he's like, people still like the night out. The like, night out. That's what it is. And, you know, yeah. doing something, getting out of the house. Yeah. So. And everybody, like my colleagues are always like, oh, they want the collective experience of watching it with other people. I'm like, not necessarily. I don't mm-hmm. want the person kicking my chair and throwing popcorn at me. But I do like being in a big movie theater Watching it, I like now the theaters that recline the yes. seats. They bring you the, the burger and the fries <laughs> yeah, exactly. to the table. Get a drink. Yeah, yeah get a drink. Those like, are the good ones. It's fun. It's yeah. a lot of fun. So, are you are you now? Who are you working with mostly right now? Fandango. I'm so, still so, under okay, contract Fandango. with Fandango. Gotcha. It's so, my third year with them. And Fandango is still the 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 place to go. Like whenever I'm trying to find a movie theater, because now Fandango will find you movie theaters. You get yeah. your tickets there. They make reviews. it really easy. They do make it really easy. They like do. it's it's you know. Do you remember the days when when theaters would sell out. Yeah. You, oh, yeah. You never see that now. No. No, no, no. Because they just keep adding, you know, yeah. they'll, they'll keep adding showtimes like you saw with Endgame. They just right. kept adding showtime. They were 24 hours a day playing, which, by the way, I want to talk about the movies you've... I always love... My favorite thing is to ask you what you've what seen, seen, what you haven't seen. Well, I actually can tell you that I saw Endgame. You did. Yes, and now you know my theory about Marvel movies. I know you don't love them. I, do I don't love them. Because you are a superhero, so um, why do you need to go watch <laughs> one? I just watch some second-rate <laughs> jerks do it. My daughter wanted to go, and not all three of my kids, just my one daughter wanted me to take her, so I took her, and I really liked it. Did I thought you? it was great. Did you, had you seen Infinity War? I saw Infinity War. You that did. was probably the last Marvel movie that I saw. Did you see it in the theater or you watched uh, it? In the theater. Okay. When at the, uh, that was the one at the end where everybody disappears. Yeah, this, yeah, right, the snap. Yeah. Spoiler yeah. alert. The dust. Um, dust. And then this is, of course, is the next step of that. Uh, I really enjoyed Endgame. I loved, loved, loved Thor. You do. Fat Thor was That's great. That's so 
funny that you say that. Why is that? Because for some reason, you remind me of him. Oh, yeah. And when I was thinking, like, everybody kind of has their one superhero that they would play if they could. Right. And I always thought that you would be the Thor. I mean, obviously, because your hair and everything and your build and your eyes and the whole thing. But I always kind of thought, and I was going to ask you today who your favorite was. And it's so funny that you're saying Thor. Thor, But not Fat Thor, of course. I I love (laughs) Fat Thor, though. Yeah, right. Yeah. I love the fact that um, he never got thin. Like, I thought, okay, at some point he's in like, but he's just the whole time drinking beer, hanging out. Like, I just thought that was really cool for Hemsworth to play that too because it's not what you expect to see from him being all buff and good looking guy, right? Well, that's what, you know, all those guys, any of those guys that end up having these big careers are the guys that look like that but are like, I'm not going to feed into that. Like, Brad Pitt's the original. Good point. Of saying, I'm not going to be the good looking like romantic comedy dude because how long does that last? Good point. And now Chris Evans is doing it because he's walking away and he wants to do other things. Look at Rob Pattinson, who like walked away from Twilight and could have been pigeonholed, did all these indie movies, got all this critical acclaim. People are saying he should have been, you know, nominated for an Academy Award for an indie movie a couple of years ago. And now he's Batman. Yeah. But he's writing his own ticket. You know what I mean? Like if you had said Rob Pattinson right off Twilight, he's going to be the Batman one yeah. day, you never would have believed it. But he could have been that guy too. You know, so See, and that's that's a good point because of course, and, and comic book fans are all angry and up in arms that Rob Pattinson has been cast. But some of also, them, some of them, okay. But they're yeah. also up in arms when Clooney got cast and when Val Kilmer got cast. Like, yeah, they're never happy. Yeah. So I mean, I think it's like you said, that's a cool reinvention. For yeah. Him. Well, Batman's a tricky one. It's a really tricky one to what, cast. What can you I think. do with the character? Like, is that what you're saying, or what do you mean? Well, yeah, it's a tricky one just because he has been criticized in the past. There's been some that are better than others. Because of the mask, you know, like they've got to Mm. sort of be able to act beyond the facial expressions and sort of have a presence beyond, Mm -hmm. beyond uh, what they look like. And I don't know. I just, I've always found, I guess Spider-Man's a tricky one too, although Tom Holland, I think is so genius. Mm. He's so perfect in that role. And that's been a tough one in the past where people weren't, haven't been happy with certain. And that's the new Spider-Man. Yes. You know what I like about that is he's a kid. Yeah. And he's really uber talented. Like, you know, it's really, he's. I think people would have been more upset about a younger Spider-Man like that being cast in that Marvel universe had mm-hmm. he not been such a good actor. Mm-hmm. But to me, and to me, he is a young Michael J. Fox. And mm-hmm. I've told him before, and he actually told me that he modeled Spider-Man Homecoming, the first Spider-Man movie that he starred in, after Michael J. Fox's character in Back to the Future. Oh, because wow. he reminded me, and I walked into the junket, and I said, you know who he reminded me of? I said, Michael J. Fox and Back to the Future. He's like, oh my God, I can't believe you're saying that because that's what I was actually going that was for. That was his yeah. inspiration. So then cut to, I met Kathleen Kennedy, who's, you know, the head of Disney. Everything. Yeah, basically the- <laughs> Star Wars movies, yeah. yeah. And her husband, Frank, who produced the original Back to the Future movie. And right. I said, would, I, I interviewed him, I think it was last summer. And I said, would you ever, because he's done so many, you know, huge classic movies. I said, would you ever- do a sequel uh, to Back to the Future. He's like, I'm not touching it. He mm-hmm. goes, I said, why? He said, because I don't have the right person to cast. I said, Tom Holland, what mm-hmm. are you talking about? Talk to your wife. And he goes, you know, I never thought about that. So to reboot, like, reboot the franchise? Well, I think he could play the son. He could play oh. Michael J. Fox's son. It could be a sequel. Because mm-hmm. I don't think a reboot mm-hmm. would really work, but a sequel could idea. be cool and bring back Michael J. Fox and yeah. let him play the play wow. him, you know, the dad of, of this kid. Sure. I think it would be 
genius. But anyway, I'm so psyched you saw Endgame. I did. I liked it. it. Uh, I love the fact that uh, they cleared out some of the top guys to create new top guys. I think probably, you know, Robert Downey Jr. is probably sick of playing it. Uh, well, they also were paying him a lot of money. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah I think he was making $50 million a movie or something like that I on mean, the back come on, end. Right? Yeah. I mean, how much money are these movies making to be able to afford $50 well, million for, well, if it's the biggest movie of all time? Second biggest at this point. Yeah. It's $45 million away as we record this. It could change by yeah, the time right, it airs, right. but like about $45 million away now from the highest grossing movie of all time, open like $2 billion opening and or billion dollar opening. that yeah. my friend Dave Batista, it has one scene, but he has a great line in it. Super funny. Now he told me, exclusively here on Talk is Jericho. I love this. Do you He didn't tell. even know that that scene was going to be used in Endgame. He said they filmed so much for Guardians yeah. and whatever, maybe Infinity Wars or whatever, that he didn't even know he was in the movie until he saw it basically in That's the theater. That's amazing. Yeah. And, you know, he's got a movie. We'll, we'll talk about we'll talk it, but about he's Stuber. got Stuber coming out this summer. He is, he was such a nice surprise for me. He's one of my favorite characters. He's definitely my favorite Guardians character mm-hmm. because he's so good with humor. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think he realized how good he was because he was talking about Stuber recently and saying, oh, I'm not used to doing comedy. And they were like, what are you talking about? That's you're right. just Guardians and you're exactly. so funny in Guardians. Your part is comedy. And he said, but I don't, like, I don't try to be funny. I think he's just deadpans it. He says, I just don't mess with the writing. I just deadpan it and it comes off funny. Obviously, he's funny. He's not taking credit for the fact that he does have great comedic right. timing. You can't just be a whatever, say no, your like line. Like you said, it's the timing. You know, the comedic you, timing, yeah. If you know him, he's very quiet. And he's got a great Such a nice humor. guy. Great guy. Yeah. You know, very happy for him that he's got so much going on. Yeah. How was Rocket Man? I really liked Rocket Man. See, the reason oh, I wanted yeah. to talk about it is because I know you loved Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, and I love Elton John too, especially that Do you? era seventies Elton John, where he's just off his rocker and all the costumes and stuff. That's basically what it deals with, right? Then you're gonna love it. Yeah, but it's a very different kind of movie from Bohemian Rhapsody, and it sort it doesn't sort of follow like a traditional story. They called it like a fantasy musical, and that's mm. kind of what it feels like. It feels like a dream almost watching it. Mm. It's it's a very much a musical instead of being a drama that has music in it. Gotcha. Taron Edgerton does his own singing and you don't hear Elton John's voice throughout the entire movie. It's oh. all Taron singing the songs. Gotcha. So it's not sort of mixed in, which I thought good for Taron. I think he's one of my favorite young what actors. He so he was in the Kingsman movies, you know, okay, the Kingsman yeah, yeah. trilogy are two movies now, but now there's gonna, there's going to be a third one. But he sort of popped off that. He played, he was in Robin Hood that didn't really do great the last fall. Mm. But he's one of those guys that the first time I interviewed him was for the first Kingsman movie a couple of years ago. And one of the nicest dudes, like just a normal guy that he's kind of like, you can just tell he's like, what am I doing here mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I just saw him again and he's the same person, which I love. And I just think he's really, really talented um, but he did a really good job, but I was so curious to see if you'd seen it. And I, yeah. you should watch it knowing, cause I know your whole musical music, yeah. you know, passion for music and your background, but it was very different from Bohemian, but equally, but I think even more artistically done. And I even said this and I don't even, sometimes I am like cautious to say this, but it's actually what I truly feel. I wonder if Freddie Mercury were alive would he look at that the way that story was told and go, I wanted my story to be told mm. in a more artistic, because he was so over mm-hmm. the top. And that's kind of how this story was told. So- um, It's interesting, like you said, like I was wondering when it came out just by the timing of it. And it's good that it's a different type of story because it'd be hard to follow Bohemian yeah. with another movie about a 70s gay rock star. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it would be compared 
back and forth yeah. no matter what. And the crazy thing is Dexter Fletcher, who directed it, you know, he was the person that stepped in after Brian Singer was fired off Bohemian, wow. finished up Bohemian and directed Rocket Man. So really? he's, yeah, he's kind of cornered the market. Like and J.J. Abrams doing Star Wars and Star right? Trek. Yeah. And they're, but they're totally different. And I like that he doesn't have a specific, he didn't have this one specific style that he was like, oh, that worked. I'll just do that. You, you know? know what I predict is going to be next as a, as a biopic? What? Uh, George Michael. Well, you know, they're talking about, um, what's her name? Sophie Turner from Game of Thrones. Have you heard this? No. So, you know, Sophie, do you watch Game of yeah, Thrones? Of course, Did you watch yeah. it? You know, Sophie it's Turner who yeah. married yeah, Jonas. <laughs> yeah. Jonas. That apparently her whole life, she's been told she looks like Boy George. And when you actually do a side by side, they really look Kinda alike. does, right? So apparently she put it out there that she would love to play Boy, Boy George. And he was like, cool, gave the approval or something like How that. How can a girl play Boy George? I Well, think about it. Well, I know. She could because well, he's like, you know. I know. I, <laughs> but I, I anyway, gotta... apparently he gave his approval. <laughs> I, I don't know about that. I don't know one. if she can sing or not. Well, it doesn't matter because like at uh, Freddie Mercury movie, uh, yeah. Alan, Rami Malek didn't yeah. sing one an Oscar. Yeah, so. exactly. But you mark my words, there'll be a George Michael, they say biopic, but I always think it should be called biopic. Well, it's this is the thing. Is it the Canadian thing? Because I always said biopic. And then when I came here, I said it in an interview once and the person looked at me like, like, yeah, what are you talking like, about? It looks like, like a medical a, procedure. You mean a biopic? And I'm like, huh? I thought <laughs> it was biopic too. So, um, so you so you should see Rocket Man if you, you didn't okay. see Aladdin. Yeah, I'm not interested in that one. Uh, what about Godzilla? How was that? I was disappointed with Godzilla. Have they, have, they, have they ever made a good Godzilla movie? Well, you know, and here's the thing. I was This was one of my most anticipated movies of the summer because I love Jurassic Park. I love Jurassic World. I love that whole. And I thought this was going to be the one. Right. This was going to be the one that was going to be that fun summer answer to <laughs> the mm. fact that there was no Jurassic movie this summer. I was really disappointed by it. And I told people I didn't like the story. And people are like, well, you don't go for the story. I'm like... Yeah, well, you don't go for the story of Jurassic either, but there's still a sellable story. The story was just so... You always go for the story. What are you going for? To see Godzilla? We saw that well, you, Pacific but you, Rim. Uh, but you're going that. for both, but just don't make the story like insulting give to your viewers. Right. <laughs> yeah, like it was insulting. <laughs> you gotta give us something that we're into. Yeah, I didn't like it, but I will tell you, I didn't like it. You should see Aladdin, and I'll tell you really quickly, really, okay. really quickly. Will Smith re affirmed my love of the old classic Hollywood movie star. Because mm-hmm. when he's, you know, there was all this flack about him playing the genie and then the oh, CGI because because oh, okay. they didn't think the blue looked right when they released the first trailer. And then they went back and I think they fixed it. This movie's done exceeded expectations, but I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that Will Smith has done this whole press tour brilliantly. Like mm. I'm suddenly in love with Will Smith again. I went back and I'm, I've got getting jiggy with it playing on my radio <laughs> all the time. Summertime. And yeah. He is just like, if you go and you watch any of his interviews, he did this one interview on Ellen and he's just the nicest guy in the world. What was mm. cool is he brought his co-stars along for everything he did. He put them front and center. He wasn't that big star that was like, right. oh, I love my co-stars. And then it's all about me. He really genuinely, you could tell he really loved the two newcomers mm. that played Jasmine and Aladdin, which by the way, the guy that played Aladdin is from Canada and oh. he's from, his parents live in my hometown. Okay. Really nice dude. But yeah, um, I actually, Aladdin has been, other than I think Endgame, my favorite movie of the year. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I came out of that, I hugged a stranger in that movie. <laughs> the guy next to me, this movie critic who's like 85, we like embraced after the movie. He's like, what but a give great it a chance. Movie. Watch it with your kids. It's really um, fun. Yesterday, 
uh, as we record this, it has not come out yet. I really want, or has it come out yet? Oh, wait a second. When is this airing? Oh, no, we're going to air it obviously beginning of July. Or like next well, week. Well, it, I think it comes out the end of June, the last weekend in June. So maybe well, it'll have just come is, out. Uh, now, I love the concept of this. This is the movie where the guy uh, wakes up one morning and finds out that the Beatles never existed. Yeah, well, he gets hit. So he gets hit. Oh, okay. There's like a blackout situation. And in the same moment that there's a blackout, he's riding his bike. He flies through the air because he wasn't touching anything in that moment. He's not affected by the blackout. And when he comes to, oh. and he's a down on his luck singer-songwriter. And when he comes to... The he's, Beatles never existed. Yeah, he says something about the Beatles, a Beatles song, and someone says, who's that? And then he goes to Google. <laughs> it's <just actual laughs> and it's a bugs. picture of a beetle, <laughs> like a bug. <laughs> <laughs> and they never existed. So he starts singing and performing the songs as if they were his own yeah. and becomes this, it's in modern day. So yeah. he becomes this overnight, like YouTube worldwide like The greatest songwriter ever. Ever. As yeah. the one girl goes, he's no Coldplay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That. And Ed Sheeran's in the movie. Ed Sheeran's amazing in this movie. I think Ed Sheeran should have died in Game of Thrones. <laughs> they put him in there for no reason. He sings some little forest of the woods creature <laughs> song and then nothing happens. Oh I was like, that's cheeky. Cut his freaking head off. He was actually a really good actor in this movie. So I've seen Yesterday. Okay. And it it's one of those movies that really makes you smile. Like, it's just fun. The music's amazing. So what, what, what happens when he's on the talk show and the two guys come walking down or he says, there's two people here who think that you didn't write these songs. Well, you have to wait and see because oh. that would be a huge spoiler. But I will say, there is a moment in this movie and I, I won't even allude to what it is, but there's a moment in this movie that I spontaneously burst into tears that was the most shocking thing I've seen in a movie in like wow. a, a while. Ooh. And some people liked it that I talked to. Some people didn't like it, but I loved it. And it it's worth seeing just for that. I'll just leave it there. All right. I'm just going to leave it there. You're crying in one movie <laughs> or you're hugging strangers in another movie. Thank you so much. Yeah, right. Um, That's okay, pretty so much my life. We've gone through some of these ones that, uh, that we've seen or are about to see. Yeah. Let's talk about the movies that are coming out yes! in our official yes! late summer, early fall <laughs> movie preview. Uh, let's kick it right off. You mentioned the Tom Holland, Spider-Man Far From Home. Yes. Uh, let me ask you a question. Has there been like a cartoon Spider-Man? Because there's some cartoon Spider-Man that I yeah, see Yeah, Into the, the Spider-Verse that oh, okay. a lot of people are saying is the greatest Spider-Man movie of all time, oh, which wow. you can't really compare that to like a live action movie. Right. But um, so as we're recording this, the first reactions of just the movie just screened yesterday. Oh. And the first reactions came out yesterday. And some people are saying it's the greatest Spider-Man movie ever. Really? It's better than the last one. I don't know if you saw Homecoming. I did not. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal plays Mysterio, which if people who know the comics know. Great villain. Yeah, great villain. And apparently there's so many twists and turns in this movie that I'm one of those people I always have to find out. It doesn't ruin it for me if people tell me. Like, if somebody had told me the end of Endgame, it wouldn't have ruined the movie for right. me. I can actually then sort of sit back and watch it unfold. Mm -hmm. When I know I'm getting to, like, a, like a surprise ending, I sometimes can't wait, and I don't <laughs> pay attention. <laughs> so, um... I've never been, more, like, uh, affected by spoilers Yeah, either. I don't either. It doesn't either. bother me. It doesn't... Care. It actually makes it sometimes better for mm -hmm. me. Like, I sometimes read the end of a book. <laughs> because otherwise I'm racing through it and I don't enjoy it. Cheating, it's really though. weird. It's really weird. But, you know, now that I live on the West Coast, like if there's like an American Idol and I want to know who wins so I can watch it, <laughs> like I'll call my mom and be like, who wins? She's on the East Coast. <laughs> Tell me so I can just not, like not... Zip through well, the I'm whole not thing. Gonna, I bought you a birthday present, so I'm going to have to tell you what it was now. Is that your time? Are you doing? Yeah. Your oh, Christmas I used presents? to when I was a kid. I used to unwrap all my presents and rewrap them. 
<laughs> but anyway, yeah. So Spider-Man Far From Home, Tom Holland, as we talked about, plays Spider-Man. But this is the first movie after Endgame, basically. And I think Endgame really was like, okay, what are they going to do with the MCU? Right, right, right. And now this is going to lead you now, into... In every movie, you see lots of other characters. Yes. Like, so you might yeah. find some of the other... Because Mysterio is a great villain. I'm, as a longtime Spider-Man comic reader when I was a kid. Oh, like you he, are? Yeah. He's kind of, um, well, he's mysterious, but he's kind of like, I got like a big fishbowl on his head, but yeah. it's covered in smoke. And he kind of disappears and appears and does all these crazy, mysterious things. Yeah. And <laughs> there's all kinds of fan on. theories. And by the time this airs, it may be already out and people might already know all the twists and turns. But you know how Marvel always sticks scenes in the post-credits? Right. So apparently the last scene in the post-credits is the most shocking, unbelievable, changes the whole MCU type thing. And I don't really? know what it is. Nobody will tell me. I keep trying to get people to tell me what it is. <laughs> I don't see the movie till next week. But yeah, so apparently this is like... It's, I wonder it, what it could be. I know. I've been I've been theorizing the whole time. and Maybe a new character, but we've seen all the, all the major characters. I'm well, I, think, I think it has it has to have something to do with the fact that there's this apparently tear in the universe when Thanos did the snap. You heard about this. And then there's the multiverse, which different things can exist in different timelines. Oh. So really anything is possible. So anybody can come back. Anybody can go. I mm. have a whole theory about Mysterio and I could be totally wrong that if you watch the trailer, Sam Jackson's character comes and tells, you know, Spider-Man, you're going to lead the MCU now. I need you. That that's not even him. That's Mysterio dressed as him. Like maybe I have, what, Maybe that's what Mysterio does. Maybe yeah, can, yeah. Yeah. And nobody really knows whether or not they're going to stay true to the comics and whether... Because in the movie, in the trailer, it looks like he's the good guy with Spider-Man. But you know and, that's never going to be the case. And this is not to be confused with Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio is not in this movie. <laughs> Uh, it's just Mysterio. <laughs> All right, so I'll, okay, you know, I, I, maybe I'm a Marvel fan now because I really enjoyed uh, uh, Endgame. Well, yeah, I think I kind of know the kind of movie. You like movies with a little more heart, and I think that yeah. that's why, and if you're a Spider-Man fan, I don't know if you saw Homecoming, the last one. This one's really charming. I haven't seen a Spider-Man movie since it was, uh, really? was it Tobey Maguire? Was yeah. his name? Is that the guy? Yeah, that was the dude. Okay. Um, well, there. Uh, so that's July 2nd. July 2nd. July 12th, Stuber. Your boy, Dave Batista. Big Dave. Big Dave. So it's him and, you know, Kamel Nanjiani. Did you ever see The Big Sick? I did not see it, but I, that guy has been in so many movies. That he's got such a face that he must have been in, like, probably 100 bit parts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's he's funny because I interviewed him probably seven years ago. He was a stand-up comedian. And we used to interview him when I used to work for Young Hollywood. Mm. That's where I met you. Right. Um, when we would go down to South by Southwest. And we did this whole series one year where we interviewed all these sort of stand-up comedians. And I remember at the time, like, they give me like 10, 11 interviews a day. And then my producer was like, oh, you're going to interview all these like stand-up, these like local stand-up comedian guys. And I was like, kind of like being like a little, like a bit of a, oh a God, bit, bit, like, you know, can we just, can we just wait for the A-listers? But anyway, <laughs> Kamel came, I think we interviewed like seven of them and Kamel was by far the funniest. He came in. He had no entourage, no publicist, no nothing. He just comes walking down the hill. He was like by himself. <laughs> and he was a blast. And so then the next time I saw him do something big was like the big sick. He wrote, it was his own story, wrote it and popped off that. And now he's doing everything. So he's in this movie, Stuber, which by the way, I just interviewed him in London for Men in Black because he voices a character in ah, Men okay. in Black. 
He's such a funny dude. He's just a... So, you know, here's the thing. I, I was talking to Dave um, once again for, for Talk is Jericho. And he was saying, so this is an Uber driver picks up a cop on a trail of a killer. The cop just had LASIK surgery, so he can't drive. Right. He's a little bit worried. He said, this is like a big deal for me. Like, if it doesn't get the elusive opening weekend, could it be the end of my, you know, career as a leading man? I don't ever think that's the case. Although Hollywood, you would probably know more than I do. Is it more important to pop a big number and have an okay performance or to have a great performance and a great film that might not do a great number? I think over time, having the great performance is better. But this isn't like a major studio release. Mm -hmm. So the cushion that he has is that even if it doesn't do great numbers, he and Kumail are so beloved in the, like people love both of them. They like them as people. They're such an odd couple together. The reviews are pretty good with this movie. Like it's, I don't think it's, I think it's already up on Rotten Tomatoes. It's not like a big number, but summer movies never, generally never are. Right. But I think the, as long as you, as long as the reviews are like, you did, they, they were good. It was more, and this is what I'm hearing. People are, some people really like it because it goes sort of back to like the buddy cop era mm. of like the 80s and 90s. The odd couple, right. But it's also really are like, really like some stuff happens in it that you're like, oh my gosh, like really are rated and, gotcha. you know, like that kind of a thing. So I think it's like one of those love it or hate it kind of movies, but everybody across the board says they're both really good in it. It just depends on if you like that type of a movie or not. I think to be a, a successful leading man in Hollywood, you have to be funny. Can totally. we agree on this? Almost everybody that's ever made money in Hollywood has a funny side and then they'll go do the dramatic movie that gets them an Oscar. And in my business, my our side, like in my hosting sure. world, all the talk show hosts are stand-up comedians. You got to be funny. You got to be funny. So I think for so Dave, I'm screwed. once again, <laughs> <laughs> I think for, for Dave being with, with Camille, and I've heard, you know, reviews from people that have seen it that aren't critics, just saying they think it's hilarious. Yeah. And I think, you know, will it do $100 million? Maybe. But will it uh, increase Dave's star power in Hollywood and cement him as, because once again, he's a very... Not minor character, but he's an ensemble character in Guardians. Completely. This is his first lead, really. And I think it's yeah. going to do good for him. So. Yeah. And I think people really, same th thing that you said, people really think it's hilarious. They like him. And I think they'll see he can lead a movie. I think he's really charismatic. Mm -hmm. And he could probably write his own ticket. And I think summers, there's always like a sleeper hit. Mm -hmm. right. And I'm, I hope for both of them that this is one of those mm -hmm. movies that ends up doing like above what people expect. There you go. Uh, July 19th, Lion King. I got a problem with this. This is not a cartoon. Do tell. I well, love well, getting your opinion about this. Well, Lion King's a cartoon, right? Disney well, it cartoon. Was. Well, so was Aladdin. Well, and I don't then like they that. have the live they, action. You can't make a live action show of a cartoon. Well, this is the thing. It's kind of, it's not a cartoon, but it's also not a live action. They're using technology. Have you heard about the technology that they're using? It's no. never been used in a movie before. So it's called photorealism. And this kind of technology, he, he used some of the James Cameron technology from Avatar, mm -hmm. but they've fine-tuned it, obviously, since Avatar. And it's the first time an entire movie has used this kind of technique where you look at it and it almost, at first glance, it almost looks like National Geographic real. Like the lions almost look real. Oh. But then they have the voices, same as the animated oh, movie. Oh, I see. The voices like Beyonce is voicing a character. She's Donald doing, Glover. Donald Glover's Simba. Seth Rogen is playing Pumbaa, and John Favreau's directing it, who did The Jungle Book, mm. who, you know him from, of course. from Marvel. Yeah. I'm thinking this movie is going to be you off. You going to be huge. It's going to be here. more than huge. Because number one, 
doing something that no one's done before, kind of like when Avatar came out and they're doing something that no one's done. If I know John Favreau, this movie's going to be off the charts. Mm. It's going to be so, he doesn't put his name next to anything that's not amazing. He doesn't, he's just known to be that guy. He is the Dave Batista of the of the directing <laughs> world. Everybody likes him, like that kind of a thing. I And, you know, Beyonce's in it. That's the thing. You're, so you're going to get all those Beyonce fans. Mm. She, even though she's just voicing a character, but apparently her and Elton John, because, you know, Elton John, remember, Can You Feel the Love Tonight? That was in the end credits. Those two have done a duet. Oh, that song? That is, no, it's a whole new song. Oh, a whole new gonna world? Be, a whole new world. A whole new, new song. world. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I think Lion King's going to be beyond. Going to be huge. Yeah, it's going to be huge. That's what I wrote. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen that photorealism before. Okay, well, um, I'm not going to see it. Yeah, and it and it's not going to be for everybody, but it could be one of those things too, where people are like, oh, it's not really for me. And then when the reviews come out and people start seeing it, you start getting curious. Okay. I'm I'm really I'm personally really curious to see what a whole movie looks like using this technology because it takes a second to get used to seeing something, seeing something looks so real, but then they're doing animated things, and mm. then they have people voices. So okay, well, it's intriguing. I, mean, I I think you're probably right. I'm just not really my my uh, my cup of tea. But I'll tell you what is my cup of tea. What great segue, Quentin oh. Tarantino. Oh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh my gosh, I'm super excited about this. I have read pretty much everything there is to read about it. I've watched every interview. Oh my goodness, what, that, do you, what do you hear? What's what do you hearing? What's the story? So it premiered at Cannes at the end of May, mm-hmm. and of course they had a standing ovation, but. Pretty much, you sh- a celebrity shows up at Cannes, they're going to get a standing ovation. <laughs> yeah, so when you have somebody. Quentin Tarantino, Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad, Brad Pitt, Pitt, and Margot Robbie I mean, show up, I mean, come what on. What a cast, right? What a cast. You know so, what? Luke Perry's last movie. Luke Perry's yeah. last movie, who you had a whole mm-hmm. connection there. Um, so this movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, takes place in the late 60s. It's fiction. Quentin Tarantino wrote it, but as you know from Quentin Tarantino, he'll take moments in history and then retell mm-hmm. the story with different ending. So it's a it's centered sort of centered around like a side story is the Sharon Tate murder, the Manson murders, the yeah. Manson murders, and but Leonardo DiCaprio plays this actor, and I th- I'm pretty sure that his character was written after Burt Reynolds' career, where he was this kind of like this TV star that really wanted to be a big movie star and be taken seriously, and Leo's character is this person that like has sort of never satisfied with his career, and Brad Pitt like back in the day, in the late '60s a lot of these guys had these stunt doubles and they became, it's kind of like our, their stand-ins now. Yeah, but yeah, of course. They became like buddies, like really good friends. So Brad Pitt plays the stunt double and Brad Pitt's that guy who's just like, and I hear he's, he almost steals this movie from Leo, if that's possible. I love that Brad Pitt's the stunt man. He's a stunt man. Like he's a yeah. leading man, he's a stunt man. And he's the guy that kind of like, is just happy with, he's happy-go-lucky. He's happy with whatever, wherever mm. his life is, even though he wanted to be an actor and he's a stuntman. He's cool with it. And then there's this whole side story of Margot Robbie and I guess Leo's character is her next-door neighbor. Sharon Tate. So there's some sort of a shocking twist and a shocking ending that he sort of retells the story. And I don't know what it is. Nobody has told me. But um, this is, what I'm excited about is that it's a summer movie, and it's always it's got that big summer blockbuster feel, but it's also that movie that could get awards. And when are you ever going to see Leo and Brad Pitt like that caliber? 
of See, actors. Here's what I love about Tarantino. And I'm just going through kind of the catalog with uh, with my son. We watched um, Django and then we watched Pulp Fiction. Like, uh, Tarantino's never made a bad movie, but he's become now, like, Hollywood royalty. I can't think of a director like, okay, if Spielberg called me. Okay, great. Spielberg's had some great movies. He's had some yeah. that I didn't... Tarantino calls, like, this guy, every movie he does is an event. He's only made nine movies. And he's only going to make one more, apparently. What? He said that he's only going to make 10 movies in his career. Really? Or he hits 60. Whatever comes first, he retires. No kidding. So now he's talking about doing Star Trek and doing an R-rated Star Trek. That's what people are saying. He may do that. Oh. That could be his 10th movie. I don't. I think he'll end up doing more because he's still got so much more in him. Well, you know, yeah, I said I was going to quit wrestling when I was 30. <laughs> Stephen King tried to retire in 2002. <laughs> point being, like, he has got to the point where his his cast every movie well it's been that way from the start but like his cast is so incredible like you mentioned like DiCaprio and Brad Pitt with you know all of these other people involved in the minor roles it's enough to blow your mind because you know it's going to be great like this is a can't miss movie it oh, can't be oh, bad no 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 and it well it got like a nine minute standing ovation I can and people were saying like people are saying though this is it's it's a Quentin Tarantino movie it's violent it's yeah. the whole thing the twist ending the shock but at the same time, it's kind of floats. People are like, it's not like a dry, driven story. It kind of floats around. Mm. But, you know, he was obsessed with the late 60s in mm -hmm. Hollywood because that was like the golden age. Right. And he went through L.A. Like they shot in L.A. And he apparently recreated certain streets to look exactly like they did back then. And it was so good mm. that people told him to keep it that way. Oh, wow. Because they didn't, they were like, this looks better than it looks now. It looks better than the Target that's over there. Like, just keep it the way it is. Only thing about Tarantino that I don't like, he way overuses the N-word. Yeah. So, I mean, we get it. Yeah. I get it. Which he's been criticized for, yeah. But, I mean, maybe this one will be a little different. But I know, at least it's Hollywood in the 60s maybe might have been as much of an N-word territory. But, he, but no, yeah, I don't, I, I really don't think. It's the, the type of movie and, the, and sort yeah. of the subject matter. Um, but like you said, it's Luke Perry's last. Luke Perry's last. And, and what was nice is that. This was kind of his dream. Like he was that good-looking heartthrob that right. wanted to be the character actor, that wanted to, right. you know, really show that he's he was a true actor. Mm -hmm. And he finally got to do this mm -hmm. movie. I actually have a friend, Spencer Garrett, who I don't know if you know if you've seen the trailer where there's a guy interviewing Brad and Leo. I haven't. So that's my friend, and he's so I called him, of course, when I saw him in the trailer. I'm like do hell. <laughs> and he just said what was really cool was it was a two-day shoot for him, mm -hmm. but all his scenes were doing this. He was an interviewer in the movie, interviewing the Brad character and Leo. And I said, so what was it like? And look, he's been around. He's been an actor for a long time. It's not like he gets starstruck, but mm -hmm. he's like, look, I mean, I was still new. It was it was a big deal. But he said they, they're, they're really at the end of the day, like we think of them as movie stars. But they're, when they get all to get together, he's like, they talk about the craft and they talk about other actors and they talk about, oh, and I guess like Brad Pitt did like Dynasty or one of those shows back in the day and they were both on the same episode. <laughs> so he's like, we're just like three like thespians just talking yeah. about our craft. Right, right, yeah, right, right. so it's kind of cool, yeah. Then we move on to uh, uh, Hobbs and Shaw, August 2nd. Yeah. Uh, the Rock and Jason Statham. The ninth Fast and Furious movie and apparently they postponed the actual Fast and Furious to go to this one kind of on the side and the Fast and Furious cast was kind of a little bit miffed about it. Really? Yeah. See, I didn't even know that. Because you know he's not in the next one, Rock. No, he's John not. John Cena is. 
Right. It's like they said, well, we'll get rid of one wrestler and put another put one it, in. Put another one in. <laughs> but I don't know if that's true or not. But I think, once again, Hobbs and Shaw, it reminds me, what's that uh, Calvin and Hobbs? I know, right? They should when do a Calvin and Hobbs movie. <laughs> they should do that They should have made a Calvin and Hobbs and Shaw <laughs> and went all the way across the board with Oh, it. my gosh. There's a great <laughs> idea. That, that could be, the sequel. Should be really cute. Uh, what are we thinking about this one? So I already actually interviewed The Rock for this one and also Vanessa Kirby, who if for people who watch The Crown and for mm. people who watch The Last Mission Impossible, she was in that one. She was the blonde, gorgeous, kind right. of like evil. Um, but she plays also Princess Margaret in The Crown. And she's one of my favorite actresses. So I talked to her. I mean, Jason Statham's in it. I didn't talk to Jason. Idris Elba plays the villain. But I love The Rock. I love talking to him. What's nice about him is he always gives you a soundbite. And he's always game for whatever you want him to do in an interview. Like, I've never, like, I've made him do monkey noises. I've made him do, like, all kinds of crazy stuff. And he's always game. But, you know, I mean, look, this is a Fast and Furious movie. But the fact that it's the first spinoff that's going off the main characters. Right, 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 right. They still want to make it their own thing. So they shot they shot half of it in Hawaii, which is supposed to be Samoa, which is where The Rock's mom is from. And then the other half is shot in London. And so it's like more, you know, it's it's obviously going to have that Fast and Furious feel, but it's going to feel like when I saw... So the first time I saw the trailer was at CinemaCon several months ago. And when that trailer got put up, like, I'm a fan of the Fast movies, but I'm not, like, a diehard. Right. And when I saw that trailer, I was like, oh, it's on. Hmm. Oh, it's on. Like, this is a really fun trailer. It's a great mix. You know, I like Jason Statham. Obviously, The Rock is, I mean, is there more of a guaranteed box office success actor than The Rock at this day and age? You know it's going to be a big movie. You know right? it's going to be a big movie. And it's and it's in August, which there isn't like a ton of big stuff coming out in August. And I think it's because nobody wants to open even the weekend after the movie. So it's going to be right. big. Jason Statham's a funny one for me, though. I think like, you know, there's certain actors that just take themselves so seriously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you an feel English the same guy. way. Yeah. But like every time I see him... He's so like, hello, I'm Jason Tatham. <laughs> it's like, you could so do like an SNL skit on his. Do you know what I mean? He mm-hmm. just like takes the so serious. And I've interviewed him. He's a nice guy. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, like, even though he's like a heartthrob, I'm always like, oh, <laughs> whatever, Jason. <laughs> kind of looks like Bruce Willis in Pulp Fiction. He does. Oh my God. I never thought about that. <laughs> it's so true. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's going to be a big movie. And I love Vanessa Kirby. If for anybody who knows... Vanessa, she's such a badass. Also featuring a cameo from Roman Reigns, who is a WWE champion, who That's was fighting right. leukemia. Yes. And during his leukemia treatment, uh, he's in the movies in the uh, Samoa. Wow. With the Rock. He plays, I think he plays The Rock's brother, maybe, or something like that. So how do you know this about the um, about him not being in the next one and that little bit of information? I thought it's pretty, pretty uh, routine. I read yeah. about it um, from the start that, and it could be rumors, but that the... They postponed Fast and Furious, you know, 10 or 9 or whatever it was yeah. to do their own movie, and they got a little bit uh, miffed at them. Yeah, I didn't know that part. Yeah, because you've got a whole cast that's waiting to go, and they said, we're doing their own movie. They're like, okay, well, I guess we have to wait, but we'll bring in somebody else now. Right, which is so, Cena. Yeah, Hollywood gossip. I love it. I love it when you bring me the Hollywood news. <laughs> what did I do last time? I'll give you the Freddie Mercury stories last time. Oh, yeah, I want more. <laughs> I still want more. Oh, I got my spies out there trying to get them. Um, here's a question for you. What is 47 Meters Down? Because 47 Meters was the shark movie where she's stuck in the cage. Yeah. So did this she is the st- sequel. It's 47 Meters Down Uncaged. So this is the sequel. It's called Uncaged? Yeah. So what's the sequel? What is it? What is it? Well, it's not Mandy Moore again. Remember it was Mandy Moore? Right. 
So, okay, the reason why I put this movie in there is because I love a good shark movie. Like, I even love Sharknado. I think right. we've talked about this. I'm like, there's no such thing. You know, like Shark Week. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen those really campy movies they put on like the sci-fi channel that it's like mega Balopagus, Salopolis. <laughs> the shark to put. That's, that's a real one. Yeah, that's yeah. that's my, like, I could sit and watch those guilty movies. Guilty pleasures. Love the guilty pleasure. So 47 Meters Down, which was Mandy Moore, who's on This Is Us, it was actually a really good movie. I don't know if you saw it or not. I loved it. It was I good, really right? I liked it. It kind of reminded me also of The Shallows with Blake Lively. Yeah, like yeah, that kind, kind of story, movie. yeah. But this one looks like the horror, like, steroids version <laughs> of the last one. And I think it's cool. Um, Sylvester Sloan's daughter, Sistine, is playing the lead. Sistine? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's an interesting name. Yeah. So she's playing the lead, one of the leads in it. So does someone get stuck in a cage again? They ca- they go down. I think they go to like some, it's like three girls, and they go down to find some Mayan ruins in these caves. And then all of a sudden, this shark comes out of nowhere, and it's just complete <laughs> debauchery. And it's what just going to be awesome. Hollywood's obsession with the shark? There's a shark movie every year. There has to be. It's summertime. Yeah, last year so, was The Meg with Jason Statham. Pet, which I saw that movie. I liked it. It was a horrible it. movie. I loved it. You didn't <laughs> you like did. it? I did not like The Meg. The best was uh, Dwayne from The Office uh, getting eaten by the shark. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, um, but anyway, this is a smaller movie. It's not going to make a dent, but I'm definitely going to see it, see it in the theater. I would call it an airplane movie for me. Yeah. I watched it on an airplane. Yeah. But see, right. that one. that's the one that I'm going to go to the reclining seats. And oh. order like an ice cream sundae and just have like the best time. <laughs> you order the sundae or get a vodka and we'll be all set. Yeah. And a vodka. <laughs> yeah. Here's one that I want to see. It, chapter two. Yes. September 6th. Now, if you've ever read It, which I did, it's about a thousand pages long. Now, it switches back and forth between the kids right. and the adults. I thought it was brilliant in the first one that they just kept it with the kids. They didn't yes. jump back and forth. And now this one's going to be both. All the adults. It's going to be all the adults, oh. but it is flashing back. Oh, which okay. mainly it's going to be the adult story. Which, when the casting announcement came out of who's playing the adult version of the kids from the mm. movie, like um, Sophia, Li- I think it's Lillis, who played um, Beverly. It's Jessica Chastain, mm. and then James McAvoy's in the movie. Bill okay. Hader's in the movie. Oh, he plays yeah. the Finn Wolford character, who's Finn Wolford is in Stranger Things. Yeah, who's going to be a mega movie star, as far as I'm concerned. Finn but that's, Wolford. Yeah, but that's another story. Okay. Um. But yeah, I mean, when they when they cast the adult version, like it was a big deal. But then the filmmaker said, look, the, it's going to be very true to the book in terms of it's going to flash back and forth. Mm-hmm. But there's also some stuff in the books that were was really, really dark mm-hmm. that they're going to definitely go there, this mm. movie. And it's going to be, because it's mainly dealing with the adults, well, the last one, because there was a lot of kids, it wasn't as dark as this one's going to be. This one's going to be, apparently, Jessica Chastain said there's a scene in the movie that uses more fake blood than has ever been used in any movie scene in history, wow. which if you've seen The Shining, it means there's, <laughs> <Right. laughs> well, the, there's going to be a lot of blood. Because in the first in the first one, we saw the the, the, the blood coming out of the sink, just the, the fountain of blood yeah. that comes out of the and sink. and that was pretty gory. Right, because it was dark in that one. I mean, the kid gets his arm ripped, like Georgie, what a terrible scene. Yeah. Gets his arm ripped off in the sewer. And then, of course, and there's something that they did touch on. There's the whole, uh, I don't know what you call it, when you rape from her father. Yeah. Uh, uh, molest, molestation. That happened in the book, because that's yeah. kind of what Warp Beverly, and I, mm-hmm. I think... I can't remember what happens. I think, does she kill her father? Spoiler alert. I don't remember. I read the book. Well, I know ago. in this this one, she's in an abusive relationship. They're going to oh, go that's there. that's what it is. And then there was the beating of a, a gay kid, I think, in the in the book. And they're right. going to have that scene in there. 
Um, That's pretty controversial in 2019, yeah. considering yeah. the book was written in like 1985. Yeah, and that they're going to go there. And it's going to, I'm sure they're going to, this is such a great filmmaker. I'm sure he's going to be, he's going to crush it. But this is another one I saw at the CinemaCon, which is like the trailer. This, I saw the trailer several months ago. And I don't know if you've seen the trailer. I have. But I think everybody was expecting Pennywise the Clown. Mm. And the old lady, for anybody who hasn't seen the trailer for It Chapter <laughs> go 2. Go watch it. Go watch it because it is so creepy. Because it actually reminds me of the old lady in The Shining. Do you remember that whole yes. scene? Oh, yeah. Where like there's Saggy boobs. nothing creepier than an 80-year-old naked lady. <laughs> big bush. But yeah, Jessica Chastain's in back in the apartment where, you know, everything happened 27 years before. And the lady goes to make her tea. And then you see her like doing crazy crap behind her and yeah, she's all right naked. Behind her. Cause, cause, yeah, Because the, 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 the clown can transfer into anything. He transfers into your biggest fears. Basically. Right? So yes. That's what would be yours then? Giant spider, which there is a giant spider in it. Uh, I think there was, they've already deal with it. It's spiders. And yet you like Spider-Man. I love this juxtaposition. <laughs> but that's a human spider, eh? Eight? You ever seen The Eight? Mist? Stephen King's The Mist? That's when they have giant spiders that kill people and stuff. Did you watch it? Yeah. You did? Yeah, yeah I watched I read it though. It's My biggest fear is frogs. Oh, Giant frog. Have you ever seen the movie from the 70s called Frogs? Oh, God, no. It's no. It's about literal killer frogs. I wouldn't even go to an island where there's a lot of frogs. Like when I, the last time I did a junket in Hawaii, I had, I was, go, I mean, obviously you want to go to Hawaii, but I called the resort ahead of time to see if there were frogs on the <laughs> resort. I just had to prepare myself. But do you remember the movie Magnolia with Tom Cruise? Mm -hmm. Do you remember the last scene? No. It starts to rain frogs. Oh. And I remember watching that movie and up until that point thinking like, because you know I love Tom Cruise yeah. and I loved Paul Thomas Anderson and watching this movie going, this is going to be my favorite movie of all time. This is going to be my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, out of the blue, for no reason, it starts raining frogs. I'm like, that was the worst movie I've ever seen. That was the worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> it's so little biblical on you. <laughs> oh my gosh, I've never seen it again. But yeah, that's, let, that's let's, let, Let's uh, one, two, punch it with Dr. Sleep, which is coming on November 8th. But I was so excited to see that they were doing a movie for this yeah. because- like I said, King's going through a real resurgence totally. over the last 10, 15 years with Under the Dome and Full Star, Dark Sky, Full Stars, whatever. Dr. Sleep, which is a sequel to The Shining. It is an amazing book. You've read the book? Yeah, I've yes. heard it's great. I heard I and have to read it. It's a great book, but it's got like, so basically Danny Torrance, who is the Red Rum kid, he grows up and he still has The Shining, but now he has to deal with a whole like group of supernatural gypsies that basically feed off the life forces of children right. to stay alive. And there's a scene in this book, I couldn't even read it. It's so really? like, it's, oh, it's just so terrible and brutal. And it's like, like Georgie getting his arm ripped off in the sewer times a thousand. Really? It's so bad. So when I saw that they're making a movie of it and with Ewan McGregor. Perfect, right? Who, yes. As a person who read the book, do you feel like that's perfect? And you know, I think it's a great casting. Great, right? Anytime they use Ewan McGregor, be great casting. Yeah. Uh, except for in Star Wars uh, <laughs> Part 4 or whatever, Part 1. <laughs> I knew there had to be a fun. Still pisses me off that they left him on the ship and took Jar Jar Binks out with him on, on the adventure. <laughs> it's like more Ewan McGregor, less Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> Uh, and that's funny because the original casting idea for Dr. Sleep was supposed to be Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, that's what I heard too. That yeah, was the rumor. Just, yeah. It was a big fan backlash. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Way worse than Rob Pattison backlash. <laughs> so, I mean, are you looking forward to this? The trailer's out? Yeah, the trailer, the teaser trailer just came out mm -hmm. and it looks amazing. It, it really looks amazing. And I am and I love, I mean, I think like everybody, when It came out last year, right. horror movies are having such a resurgence mm -hmm. right now. And they've always done well, but there's been a lot of, you know, small budget mm -hmm. ones that make a lot of money and... 
you know, like paranormal activity and those kind of ones, but I love it when they do it in a mainstream way. Yes. And every it becomes like an event to right. go see it. Like Quiet Place became that thing. Um us, that? Jordan Peele, Get Out, those movies. Like I like ones that are like thinkers. Did you see that piece of shit on uh, Netflix that was a total Quiet Place ripoff? Oh, the one with Sandra Bullock, you mean? No, that one was called Bird Box. Bird Box. There was another one with like Stanley Tucci that was the exact same movie, except for it had like a satanic cult involved. You couldn't say it. I can't remember what it's called. Really? Don't, no, I didn't don't see Don't watch it, it if, you, uh, if you know what I'm talking about. Now I'm intrigued. Now I really want to watch it. <laughs> so bad it's good or just so uh, bad no, it's bad? No, it's just bad. Like halfway yeah. through, I'm like, I don't even want to watch this anymore. And it's like, it's, like it, 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 it's one of those ones where it's like, well, they made this one first. Before A Quiet right. Place, I'm like, it, it's called The Silence. It's the okay. exact same movie. You can't say anything or the creatures will Stop get you. Stop it. it. It's exactly the same. Where they're, they're walking through like the cave and don't say anything and you step on a rock and ah, here come the creatures. It was don't, made for Netflix? Yeah. It wasn't like a Netflix no, picked it Netflix up from- No, it's Netflix original called really? The Silence. Really? So uh, wow. if you, if you want to, if you're bored for 90 minutes, you want to watch something shitty. <laughs> or you really like The Quiet Play, A yeah, Quiet exactly. Place, and you want to um, see something else. But I'm else. excited for Dr. Sleep. And I think what you're saying too about the, the horror movie being an event, and there's nothing more horror even to this day than Stephen King. That name holds weight. Yeah. Uh, people have forgotten kind of about the bad movies of Stephen King because we've had it. Yeah. And we've had this one. So. And the other thing about this one is the director, which is really cool, when they release the teaser trailer, there's all these scenes that look like from The Shining. Mm. And then when you go back and you rewatch it, you realize the director recreated so many scenes from The Shining that they're going to, this character is going to relive a lot of it, which was really, really bold for the director to say, I'm going to recreate what Kubrick did. Mm. The only scene that is an actual, like, pulled from the original was the blood scene. And oh. every there's a lot of other scenes that have been recreated. But apparently, the director got Stephen King's approval on all of it. Stephen's on board because I don't know if people would know this or not, but Kubrick and Stanley Kubrick and Stephen King had this huge falling hated out. He hated They hated each other. He hated The Shining. He said, you know, they changed the ending. And- the famous movie, The Shining, for those of you who don't know, is completely different from the book, The Shining. Yes. And they did a revamp of it as a miniseries with, um, I can't remember the cat that was in some, I can't remember his name was. I think it was in Lost, Stephen something or other. And they did like this miniseries of like three, like a two, three part things. So that's why there was always big heat between Kubrick and King. Yeah. You know, um, but who's, he's on board with this one. Who's going to have the bloodier movie then? Is it is it the blood scene from The Shining or the blood scene from It? I know, right? I guess we'll find out. Um, we move on to The Kitchen. Uh, I'm just going to read what you say here. I don't want to spend much time on it. <laughs> no, don't spend a lot of time on it. This is the opposite of a movie that I want to see. <laughs> Melissa McCarthy, Tiffany Haddish play mobster, mobster wives. It's not a, it's a drama, not a comedy. Jury out on this one. Yeah, the jury says guilty, failed, don't want to see it. Okay, move on. It would have been better if it was Melissa McCarthy and Tiffany Haddish play Monster Wives. I would have liked that better. Like Frankenstein's oh. wife and Dracula's wife. That would be a good comedy. It would be, actually. Like the wife of Dracula and the wife of Frankenstein go out on the town to, you know, to Chippendales and Black <laughs> that's Innocent That's actually Seuss. a great idea. And that's the thing. Like, they came out at CinemaCon to present the first look at the trailer for this movie. And the two of them, they can't help but be funny. Yeah. Like, they're so funny and yet this is a drama. But at the same time, Melissa McCarthy had a movie last year where she was nominated for an Academy Award. It was a drama. So I don't know if they're trying to go in that She's direction. She's starting to get the taste. She wants, like she I told you, it. they started she as comedians it. and they want the damn They get a taste uh, of the statue. <laughs> go back to funny, funny, funny. Um, okay. So, oh, oh, this, I like this one. 
Rambo, September 20th, Rambo Last Blood. Yes, not to be mistaken with, with First, first Blood. blood. <laughs> Speaking okay, of blood, so it's a bloody it's a summer bl- in fall. <laughs> what bloody, is happening? Sunny, bloody. Um, yeah, he could have more blood than the other two movies. Knowing, well, the last Rambo, Rambo movie was so much blood in it, <laughs> right. exploding body parts. But here's what I don't like right off the bat. Okay. Rambo's got short hair. <laughs> if you've seen the, the, the trailer. Listen, you have your hair. I've got my hair extensions. We love a lot of hair. I can't disagree with you yeah, on but that But it's one. Rambo. It's, it's Rambo. not Sly Stallone going to the Oscars with he's got like like it looks like he's got some moose in there and stuff. Like Rambo. They should have given him some extensions. Well, yeah, or just give him a wig. Like he's 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 a he's a lifelong hippie that was in Vietnam. If he had long hair in you know the sixties and seventies and eighties and nineties and two thousands. Why would he suddenly cut it now? You know what I like the best about the trailer is when he got when his face gets really dirty. Once he's got dirt on the face, then it it's Rambo. Then it's fine. Yeah. Now also, this would Rambo be the type that goes to get major plastic surgery? <laughs> That's kind of getting to me as well. You know, I'm not going I, there. Yeah. I'm not going there. But I mean, what's co- what I like about the fall September? This comes out September 20th, and then. You know, you've got Arnold is back. Is well, that you got these big classic movie stars coming back with these? What I like about Sly is that he knows what his audience wants mm-hmm. and he gives it to them. And with the exception of when he did, and I'm drawing a blank on the boxing movie, uh, the, Creed. Creed, thank you, that he was nominated for, but that was still playing still Rocky. Playing though, a Rocky, even yeah. though it was a yeah. more gritty, darker film. And he's going to do another. You know, he's writing another sequel to Rocky. He's doing another one. You know what that one's called? It's called Rocky 12, Beating a Dead Horse. (laughs) But look, he writes his own stuff. Got a lot of respect for the guy. And I think I've told you this before. The most intelligent actor I've ever talked to in my life. Super intelligent, super friendly too. Super friendly. Well-spoken on art, on anything. You can ask him anything. Here's what I like about Stallone. Here's what I like about Rambo. You know, I'm just, I'm making jokes about it. But Stallone is one of the few actors, and I can think of one other one, maybe two, that you can dress up on Halloween as one as one of his characters, as one of two iconic characters that everyone's going to know, Rambo and Rocky. Yeah. Other one, Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones, Han Solo. Other one, Johnny Depp, Captain Jack Sparrow, and Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, when they create these characters right. that it's, it's... Like Schwarzenegger doesn't have it. Schwarzenegger's got the Terminator. That's it. Like, t- tell me somebody else that's got two... Uh, iconic characters and Stallone knows that so we're still invested in these guys yeah. so that we will go see it it's still kind of amazing to me that he wrote the like you know the whole reason he wrote the original Rocky is that he couldn't just he couldn't get a part mm-hmm. and he just wrote what he knew wrote what he was passionate about and that's the, the age old adage well, like, and the fact that they weren't going to use him to be the lead he's like I'm not selling you the script if you don't let me play the lead well then you're not selling the script well then Screw off! I'm and not Rambo selling it too. to you. But at least Rambo, he had some steam. He at had that some point, steam, right? but apparently he wasn't going to play it, and mm. nobody else would play it. Everybody passed on it, oh. and the studio didn't want him to play it. Oh wow! Which is kind of weird to think about because he, he was already bankable. He was already, ca- he was already Rocky. Rocky right? You know, like oh, people aren't going to believe you in this role, and then look at him now. It's pretty big balls, even for Spielberg and Lucas to hire Harrison Ford to play Indiana Jones when he was right in the middle of Han Solo. Right. That, you know, the first Indiana Jones was right after Empire Strikes Back. So, so yeah, I'm. I'm uh, Definitely interested in Rambo Last Blood. If it gets bad reviews, I probably won't go, but I'll watch it on, on the You'll plane. You'll watch it, yeah. It's a plane movie. Plane movie. Um, Gemini Man, mm. October 3rd. Will Smith, it's his comeback year. Um, yes. It's a technology-based movie where he plays two characters and one is the younger clone of himself. So, yeah. this Jury is Jury also yeah. out on this one. Yeah, Jury is out on this one. 
I've already mentioned how much I love Will Smith, so I'll keep it brief. But the reason why I'm excited is because it's Ang Lee directing, who did Brokeback Mountain. Uh He did Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and Life of Pi. So if you liked any of those movies, which I just rewatched Life of Pi on the plane. Oh, good. And uh, he's just such a... He's one of those filmmakers. He never he never sort of repeats the same kind of story twice. But this is a sci-fi movie, and basically they use technology. This is a boot b- script, by the way, speaking of um, Harrison Ford. This script's been around since 97. That's how long it's taken to get made. Tells me it might not be a good script then. Well, I think it's been reworked. But I think part of it is the technology, because basically what they've done is Will Smith plays this agent. He's like an assassin for the government. And they, there's a clone of him. So they've mm. de-aged him in the movie. So he's basically playing two characters. Oh, wow. So there's like the young Will Smith and yeah. then Will Smith now. And the younger version, he's trying to take out, but he's outsmarting him because he knows he knows himself better than anybody. Oh, so it's kind of an interesting, interesting concept. Yeah, yeah. And I think people were intrigued. And then they saw the trailer and they're like, mm, I think the jury is really out on that one. And it's going to be tough because it's sandwiched in between like the Joker that comes out, mm, I think the weekend before. Right. And, and then Maleficent comes out after it. So it really depends on the reviews with that one. When you, uh, if there was a movie instead of called Life of Pie, it was, if it was called Love of Pie, and it's all about some people like blueberry pie <laughs> and cherry pie, I would love that movie. I would be cast as favorite. the lead. <laughs> you versus me in a pie eating contest. That would be my big break. <laughs> <laughs> What's the movie that you had one line in before? The holiday. The holiday, right. <laughs> and you were the, the, the random girl opening the door in Dexter. Yes, I yes, was. Yeah. In, in a, a towel. In a t-shirt. A t-shirt. Wet t-shirt. Ooh. <laughs> but it wasn't the, that wet. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't see anything. It was still a anything. showtime uh, It was still project, showtime, but yeah. you couldn't see anything. Or else I wouldn't have done it. I'm a good Canadian girl. You know that. <laughs> All right. Um, Joker, October oh. 3rd. Trailer of the year, which I watched with Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin. How huh. many different amazing actors are going to play the Joker? It's like everybody wants to take a crack at this. Everybody thing. wants to take a crack at it. It's the fifth, I think, feature film where there's a Joker. So let's go through it. Jack Nicholson. Not the golf. Jack Nicholas, the golfer, played Joker once years <laughs> it was, ago. That was a really dark portrayal. A dark one, yeah. <laughs> it was not a hole in one. Uh, Jack Nicholson. Heath Ledger. Uh, Heath Ledger. Uh, uh, what's the other cat? Uh, Dallas Buyers Club. Uh, Gerard Leto. Um, Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Uh, and now, and there's been other ones in like TV versions. And what, what, what was it? Caesar Romero played the Joker um, in the '60s. I yeah. think there was a '60s Batman movie. So maybe right. that's the fifth one right. in the movie. Uh, I thought uh, it, it, once again, it's hard to play this character because the two most iconic performances are two of the most iconic performances of all time. In being Jack Nicholson, and then of course you know Heath Ledger, so I felt that um, uh, uh, Jared Leto did good, but it wasn't as good as those two. Right, I agree. So um, interesting to see how how Joaquin is going to approach it. Well, okay, so this movie is going to be, and the news that just broke yesterday was they just or a couple of days ago they announced that it was going to be R rated. Which, duh, if you watch the trailer, how could it be anything but right. R rated? It's really it's, dark. It's the Joker. It's the Joker, but it is his. It is. It's not that funny. I mean, it's it's there's humor in it, but it's a really dark story. Mm-hmm. And this trailer blew my mind. I'm telling you right now, and I predicted this last year when I saw the trailer for Bohemian Rhapsody, I called that Rami Malek was going to win Best Actor. Wow. I'm telling you, Joaquin is going to win Best Actor this year. Wow. Unless something bl- comes out that I'm not aware of, this is going to be... And this is Todd Phillips who directed the Hangover movies, which is so crazy. Right. But anyway, so what happened was they announced it was going to be R-rated, 
And then some kid, I guess on his Instagram, he released a, a photo saying that he's putting the final touches on the movie. And some kid wrote, you should be true to the comics and you don't know the story of the Joker right. and the whole thing. So he wrote back, fine, don't go see it. <laughs> that was his response. And I just thought that was excellent. Well, the funny thing is that Todd Phillips directed and the plot is that the Joker goes to Vegas for a bachelor party and they lose his friend. <laughs> and so the Joker and his other criminal villains scour the city looking for uh, for the Riddler who's stranded on top of a rooftop. Listen, it's every- the Joker, the Penguin, the Eggman. Uh, is there a villain called the Eggman? There should be. I feel like every time we do this podcast, we come up with some genius <laughs> ideas do. for Hollywood That's movies. a great idea. And the thing is, it's recorded. So we should, like, it's, we need to We start, have a copyright. No one can ever to, steal it no from us. No one can steal our it's, idea. It's water stamp. So yeah, it's the Eggman, <laughs> Penguin, Joker, and Riddler go to Vegas for the Riddler's wedding. Riddler gets lost on the rooftop. <laughs> Wackiness ensues as not only are they trying to find the Riddler, they're also trying to steal the Fabergé egg that's in town at the MGM Grand on uh, on uh, uh, for people to look there you at go. on display. And then the guy, the good-looking guy from the movie, goes mm-hmm. on to, like, you know, do a movie with Lady Gaga, like... Ten and years win, later. And, and, and yeah, it almost wins an Oscar for that. <laughs> almost, almost, but not quite. Um, I also thought I used to think that it was pronounced Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin. Yeah, yeah. I sometimes still do. Yeah. <laughs> In so my let car. me ask you this. If, it, if it's Joaquin Phoenix, is he playing the Joker? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, eh? he's playing the Joker. Hey, man. Let's I, have some beer, eh? <laughs> you ever gone into the fucking Joker movie before, eh? I heard it's really good, man. <laughs> Um, I've been a big fan of the Joker my whole life. Big Batman comic reader. So uh, I also love Joaquin Phoenix uh, for all the great movies he's done, including the one where he, he, he pretended he retired from acting to become a, a rapper. Yes. And actually- He went so full into his character. Sold it like he was really trying to do this. I thought that was genius. When he went on Letterman. Do you remember that? Amazing. Yeah. Or would it be genius in this case? <laughs> so uh, the genius Joaquin Phoenix is going to win an Yo- Oscar for the Joker. And I'm going to be there to watch it, R-rated, uh, but it's okay because I'm over 18. So, And Robert De Niro, I should point out, is in this movie really? as well. He sure. plays this talk show host. And I guess Joaquin... Uh, I can't even say How that. How do you pronounce it? Yeah. <laughs> Watkins' character. <laughs> no, I'm going to get the giggles. Watkins, we were talking about the Joker. We should be laughing. Watkins', Watkins character is, I guess, obsessed. And maybe he wants to... Maybe it's like kind of like a Johnny Carson type situation. And I know De Niro said he modeled his character after a real-life talk show host, and I don't remember the guy's name, but it wasn't one that I recognized. But um, I guess he's obsessed with the talk show and maybe doesn't can't get an appearance on it or something mm. like that. But this is going to be really dark. Like, when I watch the trailer, I almost can't watch it because it's so painful. It's mm, like you yeah. just see the pain of somebody being humiliated, and yeah. that sort of shows maybe how he went down that dark path. But it's kind of an can't origin, see it. the origin of Very the Very much so, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's— uh, and I'm glad that you're not too Hollywood to call him Bobby De Niro. That's what the Hollywood guys. Yeah, I was with Bobby De Niro the other day. <laughs> yeah, we aren't close like that. Bob De Niro. We aren't that um, tight. Okay, so that, that's okay. We're down to the final two here. Um, okay. I do have a funny story about him, but of what? It's just funny because my so my you know I'm where I'm from. I'm from a very small town of right. eight thousand people. What's it called? Aurora. Aurora. Aurora and my Ontario. my three best friends like were like a Sex in the City kind of group that I'm still friends with that I've known since I'm five. I'll try to keep this short. They come to visit me every year. And whenever people come to visit me in LA, they're like, where are the celebrities? Where do we go to see celebrities? I'm like, I don't know. It's always random. Like, you Mm -hmm. can't just plan. Like, there's certain restaurants where you know 
There might be like they a C-lister, or D-lister. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Boa is always the place where there's always, there's going to be, hey, there's always paparazzi outside. You can see Dustin Diamond at the Boa any time of the week. <laughs> at the Boa. That's where we dined. Yeah, we did. Remember? The we steak. did our steakhouse. The steakhouse, yeah. Yes. Um, but anyway, they'd been here for like five days. We hadn't seen anybody. Mm. And I feel pressure. Right. Like I feel the pressure. You're supposed to miss Hollywood. Yeah. So the last day we were, we're having Sunday brunch, like in Santa Monica at this random restaurant and Freaking Bobby De Niro walks in and I'm like, yes, thank you. Thank you, Bobster. And so my friends got their picture and oh, they had he, was a story. He, was he nice? Yeah, he was okay. He was a little reluctant to take a photo. And those guys of that stature, not the most friendliest to well, take a photo with. Not it's not just that. It's that sometimes you never know these days. Somebody takes a picture and he's with like three girls. And then they're like, oh, he it was like people don't know when yeah, it was taken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And point. they're like, they're having their own time. So, yeah, you know, yeah. I get it. But at the same time, he wasn't like wouldn't say he was um the most jovial, but they got their picture <laughs> and that's the all picture. they cared about. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um so then we're talking about uh, uh I don't even know how to pronounce his name, Malefic- Maleficent. Maleficent Mistress of Evil. <laughs> That doesn't make sense. It should be Maleficent, Mistress of Mayhem. Like, she's three M's. Maleficent, Mistress of Murder. Once again, Chris Jericho redefining Hollywood. The ideas, the ideas. October 18th, it's a sequel to Maleficent, Obvi. And this is Angelina (laughs) Yoli. Um, playing uh, the Wicked Witch of the West. I got nothing. I, that's that was perfect. We don't even need to talk about it. <laughs> uh, did we like Maleficent? Maleficent was good. It was one of those movies. I mean, I'm I'm a huge Disney fan, and it was one of those movies that I didn't expect to like as much as I did. But Angelina Jolie was kind of born to play that role. You well, know, she, the, it's not the Wicked Witch of the like West. Evil what is it? Queen. Oh, the Queen. Yeah, like, uh, evil, evil. Yeah, on the wall. Yeah, so the White Queen. That's it. So she. Um, Anyway, she killed it in the first one. This is a sequel. It's just going to be more more good stuff, more Disney, more Angelina, which I personally, I love. I was going to say, what I does love... she mean now? Is she still... Well, a, that's a what I'm excited. I'm excited to see. I like seeing big stars on the big screen. Mm-hmm. And I kind of miss that. Even though we have big stars now, they're always a sort of associated with a movie. Like the Avengers are famous, but they're associated with the Avengers. Yeah, and yeah. like the days of people opening a movie because people just want to go see that star are pretty over. So, you know, I still get excited. That's why I get excited to see old school movie stars. Mm. She's and not very that much she's, an old school type movie yeah, star. Though, yeah, she is. So I always like seeing her because then sometimes you're reminded like I was with Will Smith. You're like, oh, that's why we all love that person mm-hmm. in the first place. Like they have a presence. And, like you said, it's old school Hollywood. Yeah. Um, and speaking of which, as, as the last movie on the uh, list here. Last but not least, Arnold. Terminator Dark Fate <laughs> on Halloween. Uh, I'll be back whether it's <laughs> whether we my... wanted it to be or not. <laughs> and I, I'm not disagreeing with you on that. The Terminator franchise has really been dragged through the dirt over so many years. Uh, Terminator 1 and 2, can't be touched. 3, eh. And then there's the one with Christian Bale. And then there was another one with uh, uh, Daenerys was in it. And uh, eh. Well, here's why it's going to... I'm going to reinvigorate your Please do. interest. Let me just say before you say that. The Terminator, he doesn't get old. He's a robot. I guess because he's a living, breathing, human flesh with a robot body. Eh. But anyways, go ahead. Well, this is the first time that James Cameron is involved in a Terminator movie since Terminator 2, Judgment Day, he's a producer. Okay. And he basically has said that Terminator 3, 4, and 5 Mm. didn't exist. Okay. It was an alternate timeline, which they have alternate timelines in the story. It's like Halloween, like the Halloween that came out last year. 
They said Basically, that none of the Halloweens yes, existed, just exactly one. Exactly that. So this is a direct sequel to Terminator 2 Judgment Day, okay. even though it's 27 years after the events of Judgment Day. And I was excited when I saw the trailer. I wasn't excited before I saw the trailer. Linda Hamilton is back. Ooh. Arnold Schwarzenegger is back. And basically, there's a new um, a hybrid, a cyborg hybrid, mm -hmm. that a new Terminator is sent to kill. And so this hybrid enlists the help of Linda Hamilton's character, Sarah Connor, and the Terminator, the oh. original, the OG Terminator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm I'm kind of psyched. Again, I love the old school stars and I just want to see like- Any chance of an Edward Furlong uh, appearance? Well, it's funny you should ask that because he's not back as an actor. They have another guy and this is the whole theory as whether or not his character is dead in this movie. People don't know yet. Whether well, John Connor's dead? Whether John Connor's oh, actually dead. He's supposed to be the savior. He was supposed to be the savior. Yeah. Whether this alternate timeline means that, because James Cameron has kind of said, well, he's back in a sense. Hmm. So people don't really know. But what they did do is they used CGI of Edward Furlong when he was young and they're using it on this actor oh, wow. that's playing the current day. Yeah, they're somehow... Interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting how they're doing that. And then people were like, why isn't he just back? Why isn't Edward Furlong just yeah, back? Yeah, um, uh, <laughs> I saw him at a comic, a horror comic thing a couple months ago and eh, maybe having a little bit of a rough time, old Edward Furlong, yeah. you know? But uh, I did not know this about the, uh, the, the sequel to Terminator 2. Love it. Linda Hamilton being back. Oh, Love that as well. Love it too. So now I'm a little bit excited yeah. about it. You I'm know? obsessed with James Cameron and everything he does. Yeah. So. And I mean, listen, when you come from the 80s, Arnold Schwarzenegger can do no wrong. I mean, he's yeah. obviously had some movies that aren't great, but it's still Arnold. Still Arnold. Great presence on screen, great timing. And he's still like, did you see the other day when that kid tried to backdrop or uh, tried to drop kick him in the back when he was at yes. the jumping rope tournament? So when you see the version where he's standing there, the camera goes all awry and, and like, you know what happened. When you watch the other version from behind, the guy runs, does a drop kick right to Arnold's back. Arnold doesn't even move. He didn't even move. He just stood there. It's like the Austrian <laughs> oak, 72 years old, just like brick shithouse. He's like, what's what happened here? And like nothing. And that's like, he's still the Terminator. So to see him on screen as the Terminator... I think is always a cool thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's just, I mean, he's a legend. He's one of the first people I actually saw when I moved to LA. I oh. was in a restaurant having lunch and he came in and it was like, oh, okay, God has arrived. He kind of goes around, <laughs> shakes everybody's hand. They don't even ask to shake his hand. Tom Cruise does the same thing. They sort of circle the room figuring everybody wants to talk to me right. and I'm all about it. So yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. going to go and just- I'll just to get rid of the uh, of the awkwardness right off yeah. the bat because everyone's just, just going to be looking at me anyways. Yeah, he just walked around the restaurant, shook hands with everybody and then took his table. And you I'm ever, like, that's kind of smart actually. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever in interviewed him on a press yunkit? Not on a yunkit, no, okay. but I'm okay. hoping to, Maybe eh? on this one. <laughs> Maybe on this one. This one. Talk okay, to so Arnold. With all of these movies, like some great uh, choices. What's the one, what are the ones that you're looking the most forward to? So the ones that I'm really, really, really excited about, let me look over. For sure, Joker. For sure, It Chapter 2. Mm -hmm. And Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Those are my three. And How uh, about you? And Spider-Man. I got to see Spider-Man. Okay, I'm going with uh, The Two Kings, Sleep in It, uh, Terminator, Joker, and uh, I'm going to throw, a, well, obviously Once Upon a Time, but I'm going to throw Stuber in there as well. I'm pulling for, for Big Yay. Dave. I'm hoping for a, a big number there. Shout out to Big Dave. Shout out to Big Dave. And the one that I'm <laughs> least likely to ever see. Can I guess? Guess. 
Um, oh, the kitchen. The kitchen. Yeah. Unless Melissa McCarthy <laughs> and Tiffany Haddish play monster wives. <laughs> and that's something that we got to work on that script. It's the mummy, the werewolf, Frankenstein, and Dracula's wives. They're all mad because they've been uh, uh, ignored because these guys are, you know, doing evil deeds. Dracula's has sucked so much blood. He can barely move at home. He's just a fat shit now. Wolf we Man, can get every, Chris Hemsworth every, to play him. Yeah, Wolfman, every full moon, he just disappears and thinks he just stay out all night. Mummy, I mean, this guy's wrapped up all the time. He never gets any sun. And Frankenstein, I mean, that guy just walks around mumbling everywhere. We've had it. This We're is done amazing. With this. this is a good, like, at least a Disney, like, forget Hotel Transylvania. This is the next big monster movie. And think about those Hollywood executives and how much they're getting paid. And you and I right here, yeah, although I was just your support. You really came nah, up with this no, idea we, we, on your it's own. It's a good tete-a-tete here, <laughs> uh, which is a little French there for French-Canadian fans. Well, what are we going to call our production company? The two Canadians, eh? <laughs> no, we should we should call it the Yoker. The Yoker. Yoker Yo Lee Incorporated. <laughs> Nikki, always great to uh, talk to you and uh, uh, and so create fun. these great Hollywood plots <laughs> and, and, and ideas. One of these days, I know we should. We need to do this. We actually. might not win an Oscar, but we'll definitely win a, a a genie. Yeah, I need to retire and put myself in a movie, so I have more than one line. <laughs> is, is it a genie that's the Canadian Oscar? Is it a genie award? Yeah, is it the genie award? That's awards? it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're gonna make a big star out of you, and you're going to genie. <laughs> <laughs> My big dream. My big Thank dream. You. Thank you. This was fun Nailed as it. always. Great. <laughs> Thanks again to Nikki Novak for hooking us up with all the huge movie news coming this summer and fall. I know uh, what I'm looking most forward to. You tell me what you want to see on the Twitter at Talk is Jericho. I'm going for Terminator, like I said. And let me know if you're going to be setting sail with us on Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea Part 2 on January 20th. We are 93% sold out, less than 70 cabins left. Book your cabin now at ChrisJerichoCruise.com. Don't miss out on the vacation of a lifetime. Ric Flair is going to be there. How long do you, how often do you get a chance to hang out with Ric Flair for a whole week? Uh, NWO, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, X-Pac, Jake the Snake Roberts, Queen Charmel, Booker T, MVP, uh, Vicky Guerrero, Jack Slade, Fozzie's going to be there, Rubik's Cube, Dave Spivak Project, AEW is going to be there. We've already announced Cody, uh, MJF, uh, Brandy Rhodes is going to be there. More names to be announced on Friday. Three more huge, huge, huge AEW stars. Uh, DDP doing more live DDP yoga workshops on the ship. Dave Schrader, Beyond the Darkest, they're going to be doing some creepy ghost stories, uh, campfire ghost stories on the ship. That's going to be super, super cool as well. So much going on. Don't you dare miss it. Book your cruise now at chrisjerichocruise.com. Thanks to everybody who came to rock with us last week uh, in incarceration uh, in Mansfield, Ohio. The festival took place outside of the uh, Shawshank Redemption building, the Ohio Reformatory, where they filmed the movie. Big, giant prison. It was haunted. Uh, actually, Zach Myers saw a bunch of, of orbs floating around inside. We actually did an interview with three employees from the penitentiary to tell you all about the uh, crazy goings-on that's going to be coming up very soon. But more Fozzie shows coming up uh, in August uh, 22nd at Uncasville at the Mohegan Sun Casino. August 24th, Atlantic City, New Jersey at the Mark Attess Arena with Nickelback. That's going to be cool. Then from Nickelback to Iron Maiden, September 14th, we uh, support them at the Bank of California Stadium in Los Angeles. And we're doing a whole tour around it. September 5th in Denver, 6th Colorado Springs, 7th Grand Junction, Colorado, the 8th Salt Lake City, Utah, September 11th, Crystal Bay, Nevada, 12th is San Francisco at Slim's, 13th in Sacramento, 14th, like I said, in Los Angeles, 15th Las Vegas at Counts Vamp. We sold that out last time. It's going to be a great show. 
18th at San Diego, 19th Tempe, Arizona, 20th is Tucson, 21st at Speaking Rock with Sons of Texas. That's a free show set up by Kevin Vargas and the great rock and roll station there in El Paso. Uh, 25th, Dallas with Sons of Texas. 26th, Houston with Sons of Texas. 27th, Hattiesburg, uh, Mississippi. Atlanta, Georgia at the Masquerade of the 28th, all with Jared James Nichols opening the show. He's also going to be on the Chris Jericho Rock and Wrestling Ranger at Sea. Lots of great stuff going on, so check out all the ticket info and gig info at fozzyrock.com. All VIP meet and greet info there. That's a lot of fun as well. Come hang with Fozzie before the show and come hang with us on Friday as we have the King of Dong style. Joey Ryan is going to be here to uh, tell you all about what's going on with him. So have a great week. Until then, stay hard, stay hungry. Peace, love, and hugs. And a big, yeah, boy, I'll be back.